0: Hey, wake up. We gotta we gotta do a show. What? You said a week ago we were taking a month off. You said you didn't need me. Yeah, I know. I said both those things. So what's changed in a week? Smackdown was really good last week. That's it? You're gonna go back on your whole month off thing because Smackdown was really good? No, we're still gonna take some time off. And Smackdown was really good but also WWE kind of stranded their entire roster in Saudi Arabia for like 22 hours. All right, you're right. We have to do a show now. Good. You ready? I'm always ready. This is the Gift of Podcast. What's up guys? This is the Gift of Podcast. I And the Monday Night Delight. It is good to be back broken out of my mental prison. Here I am. And why? Because WWE did some real, real shady shirt. Man says I still can't swear on this show. But alright, alright. We're going to speculate wildly about why the WWE couldn't get a hundred and something people out of Saudi Arabia for... Like a day and a half. We're also gonna talk about last week's AEW and the fantastic smackdown that came out of the really bad stuff that was happening in Saudi Arabia. And you may be thinking, this hypocrite is here doing a show after he said he was gonna take a month off. And and the answer is yes, he is. But I will be gone in the next two weeks. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, but I will be gone the next two weeks for sure. Gotta have this mental break. I can only delight so hard for so long, but this requires the Monday Night Delight to voice some opinions on this show. So let's talk about, you know what, let's talk about SmackDown. You know what, let's talk about things in the order that they happen. AEW colon Dynamite, not my words, the words of, of Ross from Cultaholic, who... I've been watching Cultaholic this week a lot because that's my primary news site. And yes, they draw from The Observer and they draw from The Torch and PW Insider, and that's fine. I also draw from those places. So we're going to talk about them. I don't know why I cheap-plugged Cultaholic, but I've been cooped up a week. Let's do this thing. AEW starts off in Charleston Coliseum in Charleston, West Virginia. We start off with a, a video package. Tony Schiavone picking up Cody from the private jet, Dustin riding with them, everything good there. Maybe it's because I've been conditioned by just a little bit too much WWE, but I kept expecting Tony to turn on Cody or Cody to turn on Tony. But no, they just rode together to the arena. Over the course of their ride, they talked about Dusty. They talked about Cody's mom and how Cody's mom is going to be there on Uh, saturday for full gear and again maybe it's my wwe conditioning but i feel like something bad is going to happen to cody's mom or we could be getting cody's mom throwing in the towel a la uh mrs hart i cannot think of her diane bret hart's mom anyway that being said Nothing really happened on this ride. They rode to the to the arena together, swapped some stories, and it made Cody look like a big shot because he's got a personal escort, a personal driver, and a limousine. That did a lot for Cody as this big name coming into uh, the arena. We start off with Hangman Page and Sammy Guevara. This is a wonderful little match here. Uh, Hangman Page can put on some great matches. He just doesn't always... Put on some great matches. And Sammy Guevara, from what I've seen, is a guy that's real hard to have a bad match with. Um, Guevara just kept attacking Hangman's legs, trying to knock his legs out from underneath him, sending him into the barricades, trying to make sure he couldn't hit that buckshot lariat. And then he made a mistake. He let Page get a little bit too much room between himself and the ropes. And Hangman hit the buckshot lariat. And laid him out, pinned him one, two, three. Hangman got on the, the mic, said that he, at full gear, he was going to take Pac's head off and do some real cowboy shirt, uh, leading to a beautiful chant of cowboy shirt, cowboy shirt, cowboy shirt. Uh, and and I'm sure there's going to be a cowboy shirt shirt at some point coming from, from AEW. Hikaru Shida and Shanna. Now, I know Hikaru Shida. Uh, from other AEW events. The name Shanna, I only know because I work with a girl named Shanna. It's wasn't her. Uh, this match, when they came out, I thought, okay, it's going to be a squash match. Sheeta's going to beat her in a couple minutes, so we're going to move on. I'll have to rant a little bit about the lack of of long women's matches on AEW. And then Sheeta and Shanna go for about 12, 13 minutes through a commercial break and put on a heck of a show. Uh, And Shanna got signed to AEW this week. So, Sheena was already there. Shanna's now on the roster. They're building a women's roster. No, they don't have the WWE women's roster that WWE has. But give them time. They're building up a roster that's going to be great. And it's going to be diverse. Where, you know, WWE does have some African American ladies. They have some Asian ladies. They have a couple of Hispanic ladies. But it's a lot of white ladies. AEW's women's division is pretty well spread out across many different races. uh, And they're building on some of their non-white stars, which is great representation. Their first champion is uh, Asian. She's Japanese. We also have uh, Awesome Kong and Brandy, who are both African-American. We've got, I mean, we just have so many great Women's wrestlers who are not just all these generic white blonde ladies, and I love that. That's going to be good going ahead. And just good match here. Um, Sheeta did win this match. She uh, it, she hit it with a she hit her with the Falcon Arrow and she kicked and uh, she's Chana kicked out even though no one kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. And then Sheeta hit a running knee. I was like, did they really give Sheeta Nakamura's finisher? Did they give her the Kinshasa? And then I saw the and I watched the replay a little closer. I was like, no, they gave her Daniel Bryan's knee. And that's gonna be real good for Sheeta going ahead. So good job, Sheeta. Good job, uh Shanna. And we will move on to the next thing in the list here. The Rock and No, excuse me. We we'll get to the Rock, not the Rock. The Rock was not an AEW. We'll get to the Rock and Roll Express here in a second. But we got a Brandy Rhodes package started where she pointed weird at B Priestley last week, and then she went and put on some funeral clothes and she went in a closet and she summoned Awesome Kong out of hell, I think. And then Kong had a meat cleaver and she chopped up some hair extensions. I don't know what any of it means. Except that if they're doing something cinematic with the women, awesome. They're doing something cinematic with Brandy, great. I love Kong. We're going to go in some good places here. Next up, and I hinted at it a second ago, the Rock and Roll Express came out. Yes, that Rock and Roll Express. Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. They, I mean, they had, they were supposed to present the tag team championship belts to the tag team champions. They came out to say how good it was to be there, and then Santana and Ortiz showed up and beat the living crap out of them. I don't think it's aired yet, but Santana and Ortiz just beat up the NWA World Tag Team Champions en route to getting to the Bucks en route to getting to the AEW World Tag Team Champions. This made colossal heels out of Santana and Ortiz, and when they put Gibson through, not Gibson, excuse me, Ricky Morton threw the stage with a powerbomb. You just want to hate these guys. They're beating up legends. They're doing it the right way. Loved it. It's going to be great going forward. The Bucks came out to make the save. And my first thought was, where were you idiots? These guys have been dead for two or three minutes already. Morton just got put through the stage. You guys are running a little too late for that. But that being said, great segment. Loved it. Cody and Tony show up in the limo. We already talked about this. The Best Friends and Orange Cassidy defeated John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and QT Marshall. I couldn't pick John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and QT Marshall out of a lineup. This was a comedy match, kind of a squash match. To make that uh, extensively clear, The Best Friends came out dressed as Rick and Morty. From television's Rick and Morty, and now that I think about it, new episode of the first uh, uh, new episode of the new season came out last night. And watched it yet? I'll get around to it. Um, how can you take or how can you hate Orange Cassidy? I love Orange Cassidy with his little his little wimpy kick, kick, whoa, kick, and of course, I hate. Now, don't get me wrong. Tommy Dreamer at a house of hardcore match. I think sold this like crazy. If you're not selling this, if it's Clearly that this guy is trying to pull off some crazy gimmick and you and you know sell it. It's a great gimmick. If you're taking real bumps to this, I understand how you can hate this. But uh, I believe it was, I think it was QT Marshall. He, he did not take a bump for Orange Cassidy until Orange Cassidy hit a legitimate dropkick and his suicida uh, with his hands in his pockets. Eventually, Trent Bretta would pin uh, John Silver. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Nothing wrong with it. I don't know that I really, you know, I like Orange Cassidy. I don't necessarily need the best friends or the other three guys. But somebody's got to be out there with Orange Cassidy. Contract signing. Cody signed the paper. Jericho teases. He's going to flip over the table. He's going to put Cody through it and say, no, no, we're gentlemen. This is important. We need to not do that. Subtle dig at WWE. Then they shake hands and Jericho says, you know, I'm, I'm, not gonna beat you up. And I know you could beat me up. We could stand here forever, but I think you're needed elsewhere. And backstage, Jake Hager and uh Guevara, and I believe Ortez and Santana were beating up Dustin Rhodes, slammed his uh slammed his arm in the car door. Hager hit him with the same low blow he hit the guy with in uh in his mixed martial arts match the weekend before. This was a horseman beatdown of a Rhodes. Say what you want about Cody. Say what you want about the old school nature of these shows. This was a horseman beatdown, and it was beautiful. Cody now has a reason other than just the title to take on Jericho. It's going to be fun. That being said, I don't think Cody's going to win the title this weekend. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Kip Sabian, Jack Evans, and Angelico. The, the, another great match. Started with some great intros. Um, an Undertale-style intro for Kenny Omega that my children loved. They love that game. I've not really made it past the first area. Um, Kenny came out dressed as Sans. The Bucks came out dressed like Ryu and Ken. Uh, and then they had a kind of a wild match. A lot of kicks, a lot of flips. Uh Omega hit the V-trigger and then hit Evans with a one-wing angel for the pin. A great match all around. Uh, the Bucks are selling about at ringside. They're slapping fives. And these two Ricks want to, uh, want to pull them in close for a hug. And they start beating the crap out of it. And look, it's Santana and Ortiz for their third beatdown of the show. And I'm still not tired of it. I can't wait for this match on Saturday. Peter Avalon and Leva Bates come out. One second, everybody. Yes, son. What can I do for you? What you need, boy? All right. It's getting taken care of. Peter Avalon and Leva Bates come out. The librarians. I, myself, am a librarian. I love this gimmick. Avalon said West Virginia sucks. I've been there. Actually, no. I haven't been there. I don't know if West Virginia sucks or not. I've never been there. I've been to Virginia. Or East Virginia, as they call it. John Moxley comes to the crowd and hits the paradigm shift... Death Rider on uh, John, on, not on John Moxley, on Peter Avalon. Leva runs for the hills. Good for her. Moxley comes out, says he's the baddest, sickest son of a bench in the game. He promised violence, that uh, the likes of which wrestling has not seen in decades at full gear, but says that the match is unsanctioned and it means it won't affect his win loss record. And that's important to him because he wants the AEW title. But he's got to get some wins first. Um,. Really, I mean, it felt like an important kind of promo here. It made made wins and losses mean more good stuff all around. And then we get to the main event. AEW World Tag Team title final. SCU beats Lucha Brothers for the titles. These guys went to town to each other. They hit all their stuff, uh, except they were going for the package pile double foot stomp for the finish. Kaz, who had been murdered on the outside. He'd been put through a table and... On the outside, it looked like he bounced his head off of a, of a uh, barricade. There was some concern that he was actually hurt. He wasn't. That's great. But Scorpio's locked in for this uh, for this pile driver and double footstop. He gets loose. Uh, Kazarian takes down Phoenix, and Scorpio's guy rolls up Pentagon. One, two, three, wins the title. And I had to think about this for a little bit. Did I like the finish? I came up with, yes. Lucha Brothers, for no reason, should have physically lost to SCU. But but on this night, for this one second, Scorpio Sky was better than Pentagon. And he won the match. The story is also that Scorpio Sky didn't feel like he belonged in the tournament. It wouldn't have been if Daniels hadn't been hurt by the Lucha Brothers. So the Lucha Brothers cost themselves in the long run. It's great stuff. I loved it. It's good storytelling all around. AEW's doing some good stuff. That's amazing. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to hear from a couple friends over at uh, WrestleLack Radio, and we'll be right back. Still recording. Hey, it didn't stop recording. That's okay. I'll do the plugs live because my computer's doing screwy things. Be sure to check out all of our shows on Wednesdays, you've got Not Your Mama's Soap Opera with Jeff, double F, double C. Uh, you want to check out Thursdays now with the Kings of the Ring podcast uh, with Ricky and with Will and with the now nominated for Best Newcomer, Queen B, Kate. Lots of good stuff there. On Saturdays, you've got the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. You've got the Game Changer on Sundays. And, of course, you've got the Gifted Podcast on Mondays, and yes, we'll talk about how you're still going to have to get the podcast next couple of weeks, even though I'm not going to be here. That all being said, all being put together, the Wrestle Hubbard Award nominations were nominated, or were announced yesterday, and your boys and Kate, uh, we brought in 24 nominations. 24! Between... Best Brand from Wrestling Radio, Best Trio, Best Duo, Best Comedy, Most Informative, and Best Solo, 24 nominations. And we can't actually bring in 24 awards because we are nominated against each other in some points, but we could bring home all the awards. Go to Twitter at the Wrestle Hub or attached to this show's link. Go there and vote for your boys and the Kings and Kate and everybody and the Delight, most importantly on this show. Sorry, Jeff. Go check us out. Vote for the Wrestle Hub Awards. Uh, and we're going to go right back into the show. Let's talk about Crown Jewel. I didn't watch it because, uh, well, why would I? It's a house show. It's a house show paid for with blood money. Except that's interesting that I said paid for. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I actually considered flipping it on. Watching Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez out of sure curiosity of what they would do with the man who destroyed Kofi Kingston in eight seconds. Would he get his comeuppance at the hands of Cain Velasquez, the only man to put him down in the UFC? The answer? Nah. He beat him in two minutes. Screw that guy can stand Brock Lesnar. Didn't watch the rest of the show. Didn't watch that part of the show. Very happy for Lacey and, and, Nat, and Natalia. They got their moment. They really were appreciative of it. It's a small step forward in a very long walk. But it is a small step forward. Good job for them. And then The Fiend righted the wrong of Hell in the Cell and beat Seth Rollins. The Fiend is your universal champion. That's amazing. But that puts us after the show. The show ends approximately 5 p.m. where I am. SmackDown begins 26 hours later. In, uh, let see, Colonel Jewel was in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. They need to get to Buffalo, New York. 23 hours to make a 17 hour flight. Now, my math's not real good, but that ain't a lot of time. Then we find out there's delays. Then we find out there's too many delays for them to get to the show the next night. Like, that's weird. Then there's delays and delays and delays. They get hotel rooms. They they start sending video posting videos talking to their kids saying you better save daddy some Halloween candy. Never gonna do this again. No money's worth this trip. You see guys who, who definitely couldn't turn down the money to take care of their kids, but are now missing important stuff with their kids. Something went wrong. And then news started to come out as much as I will deride the Observer, I will deride Dave Meltzer. He was the one to report that there were no mechanical problems and no weather problems. And then WWE would come out and say, oh, well, there's mechanical problems with the plane. And then we get more reports from other places. No, there's no mechanical problems with the plane. And if you've ever been, when I was 12, I went to Disney World. We got to the we got to the to the airport and there were mechanical problems with our plane, but there was another plane leaving in forty minutes. We could fly out of out of Nashville on that one and land in, in Orlando. No problem. But they couldn't put them on another plane. Because mechanical problems. That's weird. Then the rumors start coming out that Vince McMahon and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia had gotten into an altercation. If that's true, Vince McMahon may actually have those grapefruits that he claims to because this man makes people disappear. And if I don't come back, he made me disappear. And it's like, oh, and this next part is has been almost completely debunked. But I heard very early on that, oh, Hulk Hogan said some things about Saudi Arabians that the royal family didn't like. It was, that it has been Essentially proven not true. But isn't it just so easy to believe that in their own country Hulk Hogan wouldn't be able to keep his dumb racist mouth shut? But it didn't happen. But then an an investor's call happens while they're in Saudi Arabia. And the important WWE guy, who I'm afraid I don't know his name, uh, says, We can't guarantee we're going to be doing two shows a year in Saudi Arabia anymore. And the stock tanks did Vince McMahon ask for more money did he go to the Saudi Arabian prince and say we really need 10 million dollars a show instead of a year no if you remember I said it was ironic that I said these shows were paid for with blood money the May Saudi Arabia show where God help me I can't remember anything that happened to that show Oh, this the just the replacement Wrestlemania. The show as big as Wrestlemania. Was never paid for. Not until early the morning of Halloween. So, putting all these pieces together. Vince McMahon. Crazy old man that he is. Walks into the Saudi prince's office. Or throne room. Or whatever he may be sitting at the time. And says... Listen, pal, we're not going to do this show until you give us our money. Again, grapefruits. He must actually have them. And the Saudi prince kind of balks. But then he pays for the shows. The show goes on. The show's fine. The show's actually not terrible from what I understand. Although it did air on 40-minute delay in Saudi Arabia because they were still working out TV stuff because the Saudi prince and Vince McMahon were having a standoff. And then Vince McMahon leaves the country. Completely unaware that anything might be wrong, but his people are trapped in Saudi Arabia. There is way more to this than meets the eye. There is something deep, dark, and and potentially internationally conflicting going on behind the scenes here. There's just too many things that are weird about them getting back. I know Cesaro, among others, posted a video when they landed in Ireland saying, we're in Ireland, we're good. You know, at least it's at least we're out of there. And then minutes later, those videos were deleted. Some people have said that WWE asked all the people who would to post a video or a statement saying that there are mechanical problems with the plane when we've been told time and time again there were not. Bernie Murphy says he will never go on another one of these trips again. Lots of people have agreed. We're seeing some kind of shift here. Something big is going down with WWE and Saudi Arabia, and we just are missing one crucial piece. I'd love to speculate wildly about it, to make accusations, but like I said, this guy makes people disappear. And do I think he's going to listen to a lowly, lowly little radio show from Dawson Springs, Kentucky? She probably should have told him where I am. No, probably not. And if he does, please go to the WrestleHub on Twitter and vote for the show for best solo. Um, but there's some, you feel that, right? There's something else behind this. This is going to be my new obsession for a little bit. is discovering everything I can about this nonsense and figuring out what it is. And I may never do it. It may be my unfinished last word. This may cause me to become a ghost and haunt Saudi Arabia looking for clues. But something's missing here. Regardless, though, we can't dwell on that forever. We must also look at what the good that came from it. And that is, of course, SmackDown. SmackDown is not good, usually. Uh, I, uh, I turned on SmackDown, hoping to see something crazy, hoping to see unexpected, hoping to see something beautiful. And the first thing I see, Brock Lesnar's music hit. Of course it did. Brock and Paul come out looking exhausted, looking unshaven. But they come out to the ring, they show the entire Lesnar Velasquez match. So I did eventually get to see this match. It was garbage. Uh, and then Brock Lesnar quits SmackDown so he can go to Raw and get, get Rey Mysterio. Well, at least that gives us the issue of now Raw is going to have another uh, a world title. SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley versus Nikki Cross. They had a lovely little match for about 15 minutes. Uh, Bayley hit her new finisher, which we're going to call the... uh, What should we call this move? Bayley's new finisher... I don't know. Well, there's no good name for it. It's the one percenter. It's, It's EC3's one percenter with a little bit of an extra hook. She pins Nikki Cross, no problem, and then Shayna Baszler hits the ring. NXT Women's Champion, the Queen of Spades, beats the living crap out of Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks and Bailey by herself. She did not bring Jessamine Duke. She did not bring Marina Shafir. She needed these women to beat down the women of NXT, but no. SmackDown, ladies, I got this. Made Shayna look like a million bucks right there. Backstage, Sammy Zayn's just like, hey, there's there's NXT people here. That's weird. And then Matt Riddle, bro, and Keith Lee show up. And, and Zayn's like, hey, I used to be from NXT. I'm going to go get an NXT t-shirt. They chase him out to the ring. They kill him. Uh, with, I mean, they hit uh, Zayn with everything they have. The knee, the bro Derek, and... The moonsault from the top rope from Keith Lee. They killed Sami Zayn dead in the ring. Miz is having his uh, his Miz TV segment. He was supposed to interview The Fiend. That would have been weird. But instead, he's going to interview himself. But out comes Tommaso Ciampa. Hey, Delight. Who's the two least-to-like li- least wrestlers on the planet you can think of? Well, that'd be Tommaso Ciampa and The, and the Miz. You're right. Uh, they had a match... Champa beat the Miz uh, in next to no time with the fairy tale ending. Daniel Bryan's backstage wandering around and he comes across Triple H and Shawn Michaels and what is going to become my favorite thing. Uh, Brian says, Hey, there's a lot of NXT guys here. You're here, and they're beating up all our people. If you're here, you must be wanting to fight. I'll fight you right now. And Hunter's like, I don't have my gear. I'm not looking for a fight, but I know someone who is. And in the background. Sean is just taking off his coat, and I'm sitting here. I'm watching this with my wife and my friend Jackie. And I go from sitting crisscross applesauce like my children to up, standing on my knees, just like, Yes, Sean and Brian. It's weird that we're doing it in Buffalo. And then Sean gets his coat off, goes, Man, it's cold back here, and puts his jacket back on. He's like, No, you robbed me of the match. But we know Sean's willing to wrestle, and I hope it, and it definitely won't be Saudi Arabia because Brian won't go. Wrestlemania next year? Is it going to be Sean and and Brian? Because I'm not going. Of course they're going to do it at this one. I may have to drive down to Florida. I'm going to sleep in somebody's room. Who lives in Florida? Anybody live in Florida? Does this show raise your hand? Nobody. Damn it. Uh, All right. Well, at some point, I I had to make a decision whether or not I'm driving 14 hours to watch this show for six hours and drive back. My math says that's two days. Regardless... If Shawn and Brian are having this match, they're teasing it right here. But for this night, te- they brought out Adam Cole, baby. And it was booked Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan for the NXT title. Mwah. Love it. So good. Uh, we're going to get to that. Fire and Desire, which I hate that name, come out. They're expecting Carmella and Dana Brooke, but they get beat to death by Bianca Belair. Again. By herself, just beating up people. And then Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox come out. They quickly dispense of... of. I don't even know if this was a match. All I remember them doing is beating down Fire and Desire, Mandy and Sonya. Throwing Sonya feet first into Renee's face. That looked like it hurt. And just standing tall. And at this point I realized, oh my god. NXT looks like a million bucks. Vince must not be in the country. Hunter's running his show like this. Stephanie comes out, talks about the Women's Evolution. I thought she was going to finally announce Women's Evolution 2019. She didn't. Uh, But she shows bits of the match from Natalia and Lacey Evans in Saudi Arabia. And then we get to the main event with about, if my math was correct, about 28 minutes left in the show. Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship a, and Hunter and Sean came to ringside and so I was like all right I know how this finish is going to go. Brian Brian is going to have Adam Cole exactly where he wants him. Hunter's going to take him out or Sean's going to take him out. When when Daniel Bryan started doing his his running uh, suicide uh, Toby suicide through the ropes. I just kept expecting one of them for him to come up and just get kicked in the face by Sean. It never happened. Cole and Brian put on a pay-per-view main event quality match. A takeover main event quality match for 25-30 minutes. And then Adam Cole survived the Yes Lock, the Rings of Saturn, dodged the knee, hit the Panama Sunrise and the last shot and pinned Daniel Bryan clean with no help from Hunter. And no help from Sean Daniel Bryan, who if you remember started this year. The WWE Champion. Got pinned. By Adam Cole, baby. All of NXT got in the ring to celebrate. And it was beautiful. And if you notice, Ciampa was not celebrating. He was staring at Adam Cole. And the NXT title. Because yes, he wants to make his mark on SmackDown. But that's his belt, Adam Cole. He's coming for it. This was a beautiful episode of SmackDown. It proves that they know how to do it still, but they don't do it, and that is, a, that is a heartbreaker. That's going to bring us to the end of the Gift podcast, an unexpected Gift podcast, but the Gift podcast nonetheless. I am the Monday Night Delight. You've been listening to the Gift Podcast. Uh, be sure to check out all of us here at wrestle like Radio at the Kings of the Ring Podcast. Fourth wall wrestlecast, not your mama's soap opera, the game changer. Check us out on Twitter at Gift Podcast at Attic score under at addict underscore wrestle and patreon.com slash uh gift podcast. No, that's not right. Patreon.com slash wrestle Attic radio. Go to the wrestle hub on Twitter and Vote for all your favorite wrestling Radio shows. And now, where am I going to be in the next two weeks? I'm going to be taking vacation. I swear it this time. Unless they strand everybody in some other godforsaken country. Then I might be back next week. But the show will go on next week. We will have the original. Some would say the greatest. Not me. I don't say that. But the greatest king of the Gift Podcast Mitchell Monroe will return to the cast next week right here don't even know what he's talking about but he'll be here and then and then two weeks from tonight another king the king of talk style anthony de stefano will host the gifted podcast i have i have pulled him back to the wrestling podcasting world for one night only He is doing this as a favor to me. You hear my children in the background. They are excited about Ant being on the show. Ant will be here in two weeks to be a part of the GIFT podcast. That's in two weeks. The week of Thanksgiving, we're going to have something special. Working on that right now. It's going to be a great month, and I'll be back doing Nitro Reviews and everything else in December. I want to thank you for listening to me ramble on here for 35 minutes. Be good to each other. I will see you in three weeks. Have a good night.